It's time for Branding Business, the only show that brings branding experts and corporate executives together to explore how branding your business can improve both your top-line growth and bottom-line performance. Brought to you by Rikus Baird. And now, here's your host. Welcome to Branding Business with Rikus Baird. I'm Ryan Rikus, and today's show topic is focused on visioning and branding for a university. Today's guest is Gary Brom, Chancellor and CEO of Brandman University, which is part of the Chapman University system. For over 50 years, the school went under the name Chapman University College, and in 2009, changed its name to stand more independent and to serve its students with renewed focus. Rika Spirit had the opportunity working with Gary and the executive leadership team to research and define the future of adult education, the university's unique brand positioning, and the vision for the future. Gary, welcome to Branding Business. It's good to be with you, Ryan. Well, it's great to have you. Maybe uh, we can begin by asking you to, maybe you could just uh, tell us a little bit about the market you serve at, at Brandman University. Sure. Brandman University started in 1958 as part of Chapman University uh, to serve the needs of uh, the military. And we started actually at the El Toro base. And over the years, grew to serve uh, uh, adult students throughout California and Washington. And uh, primarily, uh, we were one of the first uh, institutions serving non-traditional students uh, during those early years. Uh, more recently, for-profit institutions have really become a big part of the market, and so. Uh, Brandman University was really a response to being able to uh, focus more on the needs of non-traditional students uh, and to uh, uh, provide the flexibility that they need. Uh, the whole the whole objective of Brandman University is to give non-traditional students the same opportunity for quality education that they would get at a traditional institution like Chapman University. And and so we felt it was really important to, to be able to differentiate ourselves. Well, this is an important segment. I'm sure it's a growing segment as well. And, uh, and you just mentioned the relationship with Chapman University, uh, which is ranked among the best colleges in the U.S. And, and also celebrating a rich history of over 150 years. So I'm sure changing your name was a, a difficult decision, uh, realizing the association to you know, a prestigious organization like Chapman. Maybe you can give our listeners an overview of what brought about the, the name change. Sure, and, and it was a very difficult decision. And it, it started, we started considering it about, oh, six or seven years ago. It became clear that for-profit institutions that were really focused exclusively on non-traditional students. And non-traditional students um, are students who typically work during the day and go to, go to school in the evening. That, that they uh, were really able to provide services that other institutions weren't doing. And as university college, as, as part of Chapman University, it was really difficult for us to be able to be responsive to the needs of those students. So what we wanted to do was we wanted to find an approach that would allow us to be able to continue the quality that we were known for as part of Chapman University, but at the same time have the flexibility and the responsiveness to be able to provide the services that our students and communities that we serve need. And so the approach that we took was to uh, reorganize 
and allow University College to actually become a separate nonprofit institution. So we are a 501c3 nonprofit institution, and we are separately accredited. And by separately being separately accredited, it means that we work directly with the accrediting body, uh, the same one that, that accredits Chapman, WASC, the Western Association of Schools and Colleges, accredits Brandman University. But since we work directly with them, we, could, we can work more to ensure that we are responsive to the needs of our, our own students. Our board is a separate board from Chapman University's board. So Chapman University has a board of trustees, and Brandman has a board of regents. Our board of regents is selected by the Chapman Board of Trustees, so we're fully controlled by Chapman University, but yet it is a separate governance structure. And 50% of our regents are trustees. But the separate governance structure allows uh, the focus on our institution. At the same time, as part of Chapman University, our leadership structure was a dean. We are one of the schools at Chapman University, and schools in an academic institution are typically headed by a dean. Well, as a separate institution, we have a leadership structure very similar to any traditional institution. I'm the CEO and chancellor. We have vice chancellors and, and assistant associate vice chancellors, and we have deans for our schools. We have 12,000 students at our 26 campuses. And so clearly, we needed our management and our governance structure to give us the focus necessary to really be responsive to the needs of our communities. But at the same time, we're fully controlled by Chapman, and we're fully focused on providing a quality education to our students. And so we feel that this structural change, which is really pretty unique, and, you know, Chapman is a, is a very entrepreneurial organization, uh, allows us to really provide our students the best of both worlds. And, and, and so we're, we're very fortunate by being so focused on our students now that at Brandman we have a graduation rate of, of close to 70%. Um, within six years of starting, nearly 70% of our students who start get their uh, bachelor's degree. We're a very diverse institution. We're actually a Hispanic-serving institution. Our, our enrollments are, are representative of our communities that we serve throughout California and, and Washington. And so about 27% of our undergraduates are Hispanics, and they graduate at, at about the same rate as our general student population. Most importantly to us is that our students who, once they graduate, are able to pay back their loans. So our default rate and the default rate at for-profit institutions can be as high as 18 20%. Our default rate is 2.3%, which is lower than Cal State Fullerton. It's a extraordinarily low rate. So our students, this focus that we have allows us to deliver a quality education to our students that is really of value, and as a result, uh, they not only graduate, but they pay back their loans. And so we, we feel that was the whole purpose of the reorganization was to allow that kind of focus and to uh, give that benefit to our students. Well, those are some amazing results that you've been able to achieve in a short amount of time. And uh, as you're describing, this focus allows you to provide even greater benefit and value to your core audience. Uh, maybe you can chat just a little about uh, the type of trends you see in this particular category and how uh, learning is evolving in this category and what, what type of uh, needs this audience uh, is expecting. Well, clearly, there, there is a lot going on in, in higher education right now. Um, uh, there, you know, the, the 
probably the most important trend that we're seeing, and this trend is just emerging now, is, is concern about affordability and borrowing money. And so students are far more focused on the value of their education and what they're going to get out of it, and should they be borrowing money to get that education. They're, they, the trend in regards to convenience is continuing. While you still have the, the, the group of traditional students that go to college right out of high school, the group that is most rapidly growing is a non-traditional student. The group that they go to school not right out of college. They may, I mean, right out of high school. They may be working already. Maybe they had to help their parents. There, there's a lot of different reasons, a lot of economics and other reasons why you know some students are not able to uh, access education right out of high school. And many times they just want to change careers and do other things and just continue their education, continue their career progress. Uh, enhance their job stability and security, and, and so the the largest growing uh, group of of students is the non traditional student, and they require convenience. They they need to be able to take classes at night, finish their, their entire degree program at night. They typically would want to be able to take a class on ground or online, um, and that allows them to to manage their time more effectively. But sometimes, if they're traveling, they'll just take you know a couple of online classes or one online class. So convenience is really Im- important as well. And probably the third major trend we're seeing now is in regards to traditional students who just cannot afford to take the traditional route. And so it's far more acceptable for students to go to community college and then to get their AA degree and then continue on to a four-year institution. And they're able to get into grad school just like going to a traditional college right out of high school. So that has really become an acceptable path for those students to take. At Brandon, we have agreements probably with 60 community colleges that allow students to lock in our catalog when they start at the community college. And and then once they get their AA degree, they are able to continue on knowing what the catalog requirements are to get their bachelor's degree. They won't have changed. They'll be able to follow their progress on our degree audit system, and, and we give them support while they're in the community college portion of the program. And the entire cost of a bachelor's degree when they do it that way two years at the community college and two years at Brandman is less than $30,000. The Brandman portion is all at night. They can finish the final two years, the final you know upper division portion within two years if they want to. They can take longer also if they're busy and have a lot of obligations from the family or, or work. And so, uh, and then they can borrow money for financial aid if they want to, or they go more slowly, or they'll be eligible for Pell. Anyway, there's a lot of flexibility in how they could pay for it and, and, and how it can be worked into their, their personal circumstances. So the trend of students coming, traditional students, starting to access education in a non-traditional way through community colleges, to do it in a more efficient manner that they can afford is really becoming more prominent as well. Great. Thanks for the overview. I think uh, it's helpful to get a, a real clear perspective of the audience you serve and the trends that are happening in, uh, in this category of education. We've seen a lot of prominent universities over the last few years go through a process to further define their brand and, and to clarify their relevance to both their internal teams, their e- existing students, and, and certainly uh, with a focus on prospective students. Maybe you can share with us just a little bit your viewpoint on the concept of branding and the importance of it to your organization. Sure. You know, I was at Chapman University. I started there in 94, so I was there for 15 years before becoming the inaugural chancellor at Brandman. And universities have always had a focus on their name, and they've always realized that their name was important. 
But they, as a group, were less sophisticated in understanding branding and the importance of branding and careful branding than you know sophisticated companies like Procter and Gamble and others. Branding is is something that really has become far more sophisticated over the last twenty years and is clearly more of a science than a lot of people think. And universities really were slow to the party to understand that. But more recently, I think they have become more sophisticated in their understanding of branding. Uh, Jim Doty, the president of Chapman University has always understood branding well. And so Chapman has always been, I think, a little bit ahead of the pack of other institutions. But clear that given all the different institutions that are out there now, nonprofit and for-profit, that differentiating yourselves and maintaining a clear brand so your potential students understand exactly who you are has become crucially important. I agree with you in the sense that many universities had not focused on it, but it seems to be a growing trend. I'm, I'm seeing case studies pop up all the time and organizations clearly taking the time to go through the process of defining their unique value proposition. On that thought, maybe you can share with uh, our listeners a little bit of the process that we went through from your point of view on where you found the most relevance uh, from the research to the positioning work. Sure. When we decided to, to separate uh, and, and become the first member uh, of the Chapman University system, it was really a, a lengthy process that you know, first involved getting approval from WASC, our accrediting body, and there was a lot of a lot of steps on the way. But really, as it turned out, and this is something I think I realized as we were getting into the process, most important step was the work we did on rebranding the institution. I did a lot of research, and I think the research was really crucially important. Then, you know, we worked from that. Brandman University, you know, part of the Chapman University system is where we ended up, and it seems easy, but of course, the path there wasn't as easy as it seems, or as obvious as it seems, and I guess it never is. And then from there, we developed a visual identity, which we really, we really love and think has worked really well in separating us from Chapman University, um, while at the same time, you know, reinforcing our relationship to Chapman University. But the part that I think was most interesting was the research. And, and the research involved, uh, you know, inter- interviewing our, our internal constituencies, going on to do focus groups. So we did, and since we operate throughout the state, we had to do focus groups many locations because the perspectives uh, at the Inland Empire versus up in Modesto or Sacramento or Washington are, are, are different, and it was important to gain those different perspectives. And then we actually did quantitative surveys online to produce the perceptual mapping. And so the research was really interesting to learn what people thought about us and who we were and you know what we were best uh, known for versus our competitors versus what they thought was important in the marketplace. And I think that work was the key in guiding everything else that we did. The naming, we, we were really very fortunate at that time. You know, we started to work, as, as you probably remember, Ryan, we started to work on the actual renaming process, and I was able to find a, a, a donor, a, a Barry Goldfarb was one of our board of regents, and he was happened to be a member of the Brandman Foundation board. And we were able to to obtain a $10 million donation, and we renamed our institution Brandman University 
And so the renaming was really based upon the, the contribution, although we would have had to rename the institution anyway because we needed to be a separate institution, separately accredited institution from Chapman. We needed to have a new name. And so that worked out well. And then from there we did the visual identity work, which, as I said, we're really happy about. But I think you know, the, the, the key to it all uh, and the most interesting part of all of it was really the research. Well, I remember specifically in the research phase that we were able to uncover insights from existing and prospective students on the way that they preferred to be communicated with, terminology, language that they preferred over other organizations, and also really helped us chart the path where the brand could go in terms of owning this category in the future. It was very helpful for us in making our recommendations. I'm pleased to hear it was helpful for you and your executive team to be able to rely on these uh, research insights in order to really operationally move the organization forward as well. Right. We, we and, actually still refer to the research on occasion. So it's, uh, it, it remains something that we continue to learn from and utilize. That's good to hear. Well, we find that one of the greatest benefits an organization achieves after clarifying its brand, or as we define it, the promise of distinction, is to then provide clarity to the internal team and giving everyone a clear definition of the organization's value proposition, the market will serve, and, and clear messaging that can be communicated both effectively and consistently. So we find that after we go through this process of really truly understanding where the brand can go, we often help our clients by defining the core statements of purpose, vision, mission, and values, and in which we have a, a unique uh, approach and definition behind. And of course, we had that opportunity to work with you on, and your team on this as well. Can you describe your viewpoint on this important step and the relevance you see out of it? This step was crucially important for us because we were separating from Chapman University, and the identity that many of our employees had was less as a member of University College and more as a member of Chapman University. And so we clearly had to redefine our purpose, vision, and mission um, in order to build consensus amongst all of our constituencies and universities. You know, it goes everywhere from your administration and your staff to your faculty to your students to your board so that you are able to have everybody uh, uh, recognize and agree what your new vision is. And so this process was crucially important. And uh, again, we were, we were absolutely thrilled with how it worked out. You know, we had a committee, but meanwhile, the committee worked with subcommittees and worked with various constituencies throughout the university community in order to ensure that what we did was consistent with what they thought. And, you know, a lot of times your vision and mission become longer and longer as you try to incorporate what everybody thinks, and that really dilutes it. And I think we were really very fortunate, and I think, Ryan, you know, it was your leadership and Enrique Spared's leadership that allowed us to really build a consensus on a, on a very short, concise, meaningful series of statements that, that are now our, our purpose, vision, and mission. I, I think it worked out really well. I've done it before in traditional institutions, and a lot of times it ends up being a negotiation. And this wasn't a negotiation. This was actually the feelings of, of you know, the, of our constituency. So it, it, we were really, you know, pleased with the process. And in our vision uh, to be the recognized leader in the evolution of adult learning is something that we've really embraced. And, you know, and our vision and mission is on the back of all of our business cards. And we really are very happy with how that whole process worked out. 
from that, I think as important, uh, was our values. And that was the next step. And when we announced, you know, the purpose, vision, and mission, we announced the values at the same time. And the values were especially important because we expect everybody at the institution to embody these values. But we also present them to, to new employees. And we're growing, and we want all of our new employees to understand the values that we think are most important. And you, you recall their innovation, respect, integrity, teamwork, and service orientation. And they're really important values, again, a, a crucial part of of our institution. So when we finally announced them, everybody was really on board already. So the process really worked out well for us. Well, that's great feedback. I'm, I'm pleased to hear that these short, concise statements have resonated and allowed you to get your internal team aligned. And we find that internal culture is a critical component to rolling out any brand, especially with having your campuses spread out throughout California and uh, Washington. I'm sure it was a challenge to get everybody aligned behind that, but I'm hopeful that you're able to use these statements and uh, then communicate and roll this thing out and uh, get everybody aligned behind it. And it's now been three years since we went through that process. Has it, has it stood the test of time, and is it still relevant? Absolutely. All of the work that has been done has really uh, served as our foundation. We are very pleased. We find ourselves now with our awareness steadily increasing. We think we are well differentiated from our competition, and we continue to focus on we really add value. You know, our students graduate. The value we add allows them to pay back their loans. And so, you know, our are very uh, pleased with the positioning uh, work that you identified. You know, we think that the identity as being separate from Chapman University but still being a part of Chapman University has worked really well also. That's both the visual identity uh, way of, of portraying that in our logo also has really worked out well. I, I think our students are satisfied with the name change, and, you know, you can't help but be you know, nervous about how the students are going to respond to it. And we've done it in a way where we have very high student satisfaction still, and we monitor our student satisfaction twice a year in a number of different categories as to what's important and how we score and what the gap scores are. And, you know, we just actually I just looked at the results of our most recent survey yesterday, and we are at a new high. So we're really pleased about that, and we're, we're growing and we're hiring folks, and people know who Brandman is. They understand our vision and our mission and want to join us. So we're really, we're really thrilled with how it's worked out, Ryan. Well, you've done an incredible job of moving the organization forward. We're, we're almost out of time, unfortunately. I have a number of questions uh, to ask still, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this one. Having gone through the process of rebranding and, and renaming your organization, do you have any advice for uh, someone listening who might be going through a similar consideration? Yeah, absolutely. I would say it's a science. There are experts in it. It's not something you want to learn on on your own. So find an expert, work with people who've been through it, who understand it, who know it. That, that is extremely important. Develop an inclusive process because it does affect your entire institution. And you need to be a little bit patient. You know, sometimes CEOs aren't that patient, but you need to be a little bit patient as you work your way through the process. Well, yeah, it's good feedback. We would agree. It is a process and it is a science, and one step builds upon each other. Well, uh, Gary, thank you for being a guest on Brandy Business. If our listeners have any questions for you, how could they best reach you? Through the website or email? Exactly. They can reach, reach me through the website at brandman.edu, or they can email me at chancellor at brandman.edu. 
and C-H-A-N-C-E-L-L-O-R at Brandman.edu. Well, Gary, thanks again for your time today and your, uh, your insights. Greatly appreciated. Thank you, Ryan. It's been a pleasure. Well, that concludes our show for today. This is Ryan Rikus, and you've been listening to another edition of Branding Business with Rikus Baird. If you'd like to listen to past shows or read our blog series, visit brandingbusiness.com. Please share your comments as we can all benefit from the discussion and the varying viewpoints. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Branding Business, the only show that brings branding experts and corporate executives together to explore how branding your business can improve both your top-line growth and bottom-line performance. To hear more, simply visit our website, brandingbusiness.com, or tune in next week to learn how you, too, can build your brand and move your business forward. Brought to you by Rikus Baird.